Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Community Is Our Middle Name podcast. My name is Gareth Olver. Thanks for joining us for another week. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Grampians Community Health, and we're here for you, your family, and our community. This week, we're talking with Julie Scanlon, who is an integrated care worker in the older Australian initiative that Grampians Community Health and Ballarat Community Health run in partnership with one another. We're talking about how older people in particular have been hit by isolation during COVID, which made isolation worse for some of our older members of our community. Uh, some of the side effects that can come from this isolation, including things like depression and anxiety, and what people like Julie are doing in our community to assist the older members get back out there and reconnect with other members of our community. It's a great chat. It's an interesting subject, and it's probably one that doesn't get talked about enough. I hope you guys enjoy it. This is the Community's Our Middle Name podcast, brought to you by Grampians Community Health, for you, your family, and our community. I'm here with Julie Scanlon, Integrated Care Worker for the Older Australian Initiative. Julie, thank you for coming on the Community Seminar Name podcast this week. Yeah, thank you, Gareth. Thanks for having me. Julie, before we, we talk a bit about the Older Australian Initiative, can you give us a bit of info about yourself? How did you get into this program and what's um, your background? So my background is I'm a registered nurse. I, I, my predominance is in community, community nursing. I've worked with the homeless sector and also in the prison system. I'm very passionate about aged care. It's my passion where I sit. And I, I wanted, I was based in Ballarat working with Winteringham, which is for the homeless. And then I wanted to come back to stall because I'm a stallite and I wanted to come back home, um, based around the pandemic too. I sort of wanted to come back home. And this job came up, and I wasn't quite there. Like, they didn't have a registered nurse's the mandatory um, qualification, but I rang up and I said, this is my background. And then I interviewed, and um, here I am. So how much of a help is, is that registered nurse background when you're doing this Older Australian Initiative program? I think it's quite significant, Gareth, because one of the components that I deal with is I look at their medications, if they're on any medications or any um, antidepressants or antipsychotic medications, if that's a component of their care that they require during the program. I link them in with community psych services with a psychiatrist if that's what they need to have those specific medications reviewed. The other thing I... um. I've got a background in is dealing with my aged care, so navigating through my aged care, which can be a bit of a an interesting journey trying to navigate through that. So certainly I can see older Australians registering with my aged care, talking about the background and how that progresses, but also linking in their either next of kin or their power of attorney as well, so they can access um, that person's my aged care because that can be a little bit of an issue down the track as well when you need services so that's another component yeah especially for older people who may not have ease of internet access and stuff as well I, i'd imagine yes. that would be that would be very helpful having dealt with my aged care when i started at grampians community health i, I was a, a case manager in our aged care sector so uh-huh. i i do have a bit of background on my aged care it's quite complex i'm absolutely blown away of how complex it can be yeah it is and um it, I, and you do have some people who 
find it difficult to understand, and especially with so much of it being online or having to sit and wait on the phone on hold. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Older Australian Initiative, though. That's what we're here to yep. talk about today. Yes. Can you give us a bit of an overview? What actually is the Older Australian Initiative? How did it get started, and how did you sort of find out about it? So the Older Australian Initiative is funded through the federal government, um, and it was taken up by Western Vic Primary Health Network, and then subcontracted out to Ballarat Community Health and Grampians Community Health. So it's an initiative to help older Australians that may be dealing with anxiety or depression or disconnection because of the pandemic. So the main goal of the program is to reconnect people, older people, to community or to their services or a gamut of things that they need need at the time. And also another component of, of the program that we do, it's just about having a chat with people and talking through how they're feeling. Um, some of it has been around grief because people have lost people or their loved ones um, during the pandemic and that, that grief process and also, you know, the difficulties of funerals. So it's a whole gamut of, of things that we do within the program. It's a short program, so they only have five sessions. Um, it's based for people over 65 or Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders they're over 55. And then there's myself and Jenna Wright, who's the mental health support worker that um, can assist client connect with activities and she'll take them to the activities as well. She'll do that background work and then and take them, which is, which is fantastic because sometimes it's quite daunting if you're going to somewhere for a first time and you're a bit nervous and anxious and then having someone go with you is really good. And regular listeners will will know Jenna from uh, the episode we did on the social inclusion program with Ballarat Community Health, which is this is quite similar to, isn't it, Julie? Correct, correct, it is. How much has the pandemic really driven the need for something like the Older Australian Initiative? We we know that older people can be socially isolated the older they get due to, uh, as we touched earlier, lack of skill in, in using technology. Perhaps they've lost their driver's license, they don't have as many family or friends around. How much worse, for lack of a better term, has the pandemic made people's isolation, especially people aged at 65 and, and over bracket? Significant. With based on the clients that I've dealt with um, just in the last few months, absolutely significant. And I'll give you an example of that, Gareth. I was working with a gentleman uh, who was 75, didn't drive, had a landline, and that was it. Living in a, a unit, totally socially isolated, and very paranoid about actually going outside his front door because of COVID. And then it was escalated because he was paranoid about the fact that um, Melbourne were getting let out of lockdown, that it escalated that whole um, cycle of anxiety. So he was significantly isolated. So one of the things, well, there was quite a few things I, I did for him, but one of the most specific things was organising some shopping assistance for him so that someone would come in and and get his order, get his money, go out and do the shopping and then come back in and, and deliver his shopping, which was great for him because he just did not want to go out of the, the unit. Um, the other thing we did was help him buy a washing machine because he was using the community laundry and he didn't want to do it, so he wasn't washing. So we organised a washing machine for him and just a clothes horse so we could hang that out. So we did some really good things, I think, for that gentleman just to help him navigate through things. And, of course, the other thing was linking up with Grampians Community Site Services just to help him with that anxiety. 
Was there a, a raised level that you saw of, of older people of that anxiety due to the pandemic overall? Do you think that was something that they were a lot more concerned about? I know we often think of older Australians as, as probably a bit more stoic and uh, and, and stuff like that. But do you, do you do you see in, in your experience, you know, that real high level of anxiety and well, maybe even panic about you know what was looming? Absolutely, absolutely. And sometimes it was a bit underlying too until you get the course of the conversation going and then and then the anxiety and that that discussion will bring out that their concerns about the risk of going out and catching COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And the other thing too, Gareth, that I've noticed is and it's not just older Australians, probably me me as well, is that we're a little bit confused over time because there's nothing to gauge your time with. Like there's nothing to look forward to in the in you know, ahead, there's nothing to benchmark with it in the past. So that confusion over time and space has escalated as well. And that sort of brings on a little bit of the anxiety and a bit of memory loss as well. So it's all compacted. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. I don't think that's necessarily people aged 65 and over. I think mm-hmm. we were all a bit that way the past two years where, and and I actually just did Go off topic a little bit. I notice it a lot now because since we've opened up and it's December, we've got all these things happening. Whereas in the past four months, we could do basically nothing. 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 I imagine for for an older person, especially someone who has got that anxiety or perhaps does have some either diagnosed or undiagnosed underlying mental health issues, that would just compound it even more. Absolutely, and there's nothing. You know, ourselves like we can't say. I remember a couple of months ago we did this, and that was in September. There's nothing. So, you know, I, sometimes I don't even know what day of the week it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, with, I'm actually with you a bit there, Julie, to be honest. Uh, especially, like I said, this time of year is just, it's crazy. The, you know, in a regular year, let alone in the middle of a, a global pandemic. How far and wide do you travel with this program? What areas do you cover um, across uh, our, our areas that GCH covers? Okay, now I hope I get this right. So it's Ararat City, Northern Grampian Shire, including St Arnold, Yarriambiac, Hindmarsh, West Wimmera and Horsham City. And I hope I haven't forgotten anything. I apologise if I have. <laughs> no, that's 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 really good. I, that's a that's a fairly large area that you cover, isn't it? Correct. And you have many people who who've taken up the Older Australians Initiative across that large part of the state. Yes, like, and Jenna sort of mainly works further up north. The fur- furthest I've got so far is Warwickmobile, so, but I think Jenna's had maybe Neil, I don't know about Eden Hope, but she's certainly gone quite a lot further. Yeah, that's, that's a long way to, to go, and it, that's a lot of people obviously needing help. Yeah, but, and it's great because the more rural it is, I think the more isolated they can be. Although smaller communities have got a great connection and they have a lot more activity in terms of bringing people into the community, but I think um, getting out to those smaller areas are really paramount and it's really good. So, Julie, what are some of the benefits that people have from taking part in the Older Australians Initiative that you've seen, for example? Um, well, I've already spoken about the gentleman that we've helped. Uh, another lady. Um, we've connected with social activities and Jenna's taken her to a, a knitting group, I think, and she, because of the lockdowns, it was on, on, off, on, off, about, she finally got her there and she took her there, which was great. It was really good for her to get out of the house. Another lady we've advocated so she could have a gopher because she's 
really declined with their driving and that'll give a um, an opportunity to get out and around town, increase the mobility. So we've ad- advocated for that. And there's always side issues like technology. We've um, helped people with their Q scans and um, services Victoria app, or also getting it as a small hard copy if they need to go to the library or at the neighbourhood house so they've got that hard copy. And just things that come out up in the course of conversation. Um, I've talked about grief with a lady that's is dealing with grief and the difficulties of managing your grief anyway, but also trying to manage it in COVID and with funerals, et cetera, et cetera. I've also talked about uh, powers of attorneys, if that's, you know, if they want to discuss that, because if we're talking about my, my age care, we might talk about powers of attorneys, link them up with services, the doctor with the um, mental health care plan, any allied health services, social support groups, men's sheds, so whole range of things. And U3A, the University of the Third Age, has been a big one for a lot of the older Australians. They really enjoy connecting with that because it's about learning as well as activity. So it's just that extra prong for them. Pardon my ignorance, but I'm just going to ask for those people like myself who aren't fully across what it is. What is the U3A and what does it, what does it do? The University of Third Age is for older people to access courses, short courses. Um, so they might do I don't know, history or writing or, but they also do activities as well. So they might have a walking group and it, it depends on which university at third age. So I know in Ballarat, they have quite a few activities, walk around the park, et cetera, et cetera. Horsham, I'm not sure whether they have many activities, but they do have like short courses if you want to learn some more about certain specific things. So it's a really good, good avenue for older Australians to channel into that if they want to learn some more and some people do they really want to keep learning and developing and there'd be the social aspect of that as well i'd imagine too yeah yeah absolutely so because most of that isn't online it'll be in a group so we talked a bit about covid how much did that hinder you in being able to, to to do programs or or to help some of these people access services well it's like on on and off switch you know and and i'll give you the I give you that example with Jenna trying to take a lady to um, a knitting group, like where she was taking her, and then we went into lockdown, and then we come out, and she was taking her, and then we went into lockdown again. So it has been a little bit difficult to navigate through all of that with the lockdowns, and and um, but she's she has taken her now. So you've just got to do what you have to do at the time, don't you? Really? Exactly, and we've all been through similar things. I know. From my experience, we've had yeah. with kids at school going in, in back to school, back in to working in from home. Yeah. It's been tough on all of us, but I imagine for some of the people you work with, you know, that lack of, the, the lack of maybe technological awareness like we spoke about earlier, which means that they are more disconnected from family and friends or people who don't drive, it's probably made it that much more difficult for them. Correct. Um, the other thing Jenna's done too, speaking of technology, was to help a lady get an iPad and then show her how to use the iPad so she can do some FaceTime with her family. And I thought that was a fantastic outcome. That would be wonderful, especially for people who have family living, you know, perhaps interstate or or overseas. That would be excellent. We might take a really quick break, Julie, and then we might come back and talk a bit more about the Older Australian Initiative. Um, This is the Communities Eminent Name Podcast. The 
Indies Our Middle Name podcast is proudly brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Grampians Community Health offers a wide range of services across the Grampians Wimmera District in Western Victoria and service the following local government areas. Northern Grampians Shire Council, Arrow Rural City Council, Horsham Rural City, Pyrenees Shire, West Wimmera Shire, Hindmarsh Shire, Yarriambiak Shire, Central Goldfield Shire and the Southern Grampians Shire. Services available include alcohol and other drug support, carer support, community aged care and disability support including home care package case management, NDIS support coordination and plan management, counselling across a wide range of sectors including generalist counselling, homelessness support, gamblers help, community mental health support and much, much more. For more information, head to our website gch.org.au or give us a call Monday to Friday 9 to 5 on 53 58 7400 or visit us at one of our main offices in Ararat, Stall or Horsham. The Community's Our Middle Name podcast brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Here for you, your family and our community. Welcome back, Ironhand, here with Julie Scanlon, integrated care worker for the Old Australian Initiative here at Grampians Community Health. Julie, we spoke a little bit before the break about some of the some of the outcomes that you guys have had uh, with a couple of clients that you've worked with um, in the time that this has been running. What are some other ones that really stand out for you where you've gone home and said, I've really made a positive difference in someone's life today? There was a, another gentleman that I was working with and he was referred by a social worker and he wanted to be linked into some activities but when I actually got there and met him and had some conversations with him, he actually had significant memory loss. So back to my age care and at the social worker, and he actually really needed individual social support to come into his house and maybe take him out rather than him being motivated and going out by himself. So... um that was a really positive outcome because I think people might not have picked that up. His, all his family lived in Melbourne, so he was a bit disconnected with his family. He certainly talked to them on the phone, but he certainly had that memory loss and it was compounded by anxiety and social isolation. So it was a bit of a mixed bag, but I think it, you know, the outcome for him, he, he went on to have, um, be referred to CADMS and the memory support nurse. So he had those supports come into place as he exited my program. So it was a good outcome for him. How often does the memory loss and anxiety go hand in hand? You mentioned it a couple of times, and I'm just wondering, is it something that happens a lot or is it, you know, fairly rare? What's What, what, what have you seen? I think it goes hand in hand based on my experience as a registered nurse over quite a few years. However, I think it's amplified by COVID and isolation. I've noticed with my dealings with the older Australians you know, in the last few months that it's extremely amplified and the anxiety, because anxiety and depression can cause confusion. So it's a bit of a bag about what's what's happening to them at that point in time. And you need to get a bit of a picture over a period of time and see them, you know, in a, in a couple of spaces over a few weeks so that you can actually gauge what's happening because they could have that peak anxiety and you've met them for that first time and you're thinking, well, I think they've got a bit of memory loss there. There's something happening. But then next week, if once their anxiety settled down, they could be back to nearly 
normal state. So it, it's a picture over a period of time, really, but it's certainly been amplified because of COVID and isolation. And your background, as you mentioned, as a registered nurse would be really handy for picking that stuff up, I'd imagine. Yes, I, I certainly have got a bit of experience in, in that sector and certainly in um, the mental health side of things as well. So it, it comes as well when I go to see clients as to what I can pick up at the time. You mentioned My Age Care and you mentioned CADMS and U3A. What, what other programs or other services do you and, and Jenna uh, sort of work in with? To, to achieve that sort of holistic outcome for the person you're working with? Yeah, so um, neighbourhood houses is another one that we've um, gone around and had a conversation with and referred clients to and taken them to. Men's sheds, so men's sheds are terrific. Um, certainly install the men's sheds, you know, great bunch of blokes down there. And they do have a women's day as well, which is really good, and they'll show them how to use power tools and all that sort of stuff if that's what they want to do. So they're really accommodating men's sheds. Social support groups such as Store Regional Health there used to be called Planned Activity Group or the Day Centre, and any sort of groups that are in the area, any community breakfasts or community gardens. There's a widow group in stalls, so connecting clients with that that group or any other group that's around. Some some groups aren't listed. They're sort of more of a know in the community rather than listed on community directories or, or so forth. So a wide variety of things. I know in our app, the men's shed is um, is also really, really quite welcoming. I, I don't know if they have ladies' days. I think it's just anyone's welcome yeah. at any time, which is wonderful. And there's a men's shed now, Pomonal, if I, I think. I've yeah, correct. Right yes, that, that's absolutely correct. Yes, there is. Yeah, which is fantastic for the, the smaller communities to be doing some of, some of that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So when did this program actually begin, Julie? How long have you been doing the Older Australians for? I don't, from memory, the social inclusion has only been going for about 12 months or so. Is this about the same? Uh, I think they had problems recruiting to my position. I know Jenna started a few months before I did. I started in August this year and Jenna may have started June or July in the Older Australian Initiative Program. So we've really only sort of kicked off in the last few months. So With it only being a fairly new program, what's and with, with COVID restrictions easing and, and hopefully the pandemic soon being a thing of the past, hopefully, fingers crossed. Where do you see or where would you like the Older Australians Initiative to be 12 months down the track? Where where do you see it going? Well, it depends on West Vic Primary Health Network. We actually finish up because it's only a year contract, so we do finish up in August next year. But I think some things that will come out of this program will be about connecting older Australians and identifying that gap, for example, you know, connecting them with My Age Care, that gap, and whether there'll be further funding to have short-term program to help them navigate through and, you know, fill the gap for them so they can connect to services. Sounds like it's a, it's a really important program, though, for, you know, so many people from Ararat up to the, to the South Australian border. Absolutely. I think so. <laughs> oh, no, just, just from what you, you know, you've said in so far today, um, and we spoke during the break, I didn't even think about things like, you know, the stuff to do around grief because there has been a lot of times where people have lost loved ones and you haven't been able to go to funerals, haven't been able to have that closure. I think, I think programs like yours are really beneficial to the community as a whole, really. Absolutely. And I think with that grief, because, you know, if you, I can only have 10 people or, a really limited amount at funerals, even though they stream it, 
it's not the same. You don't seem to have that celebration of that person's life and send-off. It's really important to have a conversation about that, like if they want to, and talk through a few things and let them talk about how well, they feel about that. Yeah, well, the gentleman you mentioned in uh, before the break who had only a landline, uh, a, li- a live stream funeral would be would be no good for a person. You spoke about this being only short-term funding-wise. What do you see happening, though, uh, if the funding is to continue on? Would you like to see it expanded? Would you like to see more support staff come in? Is there a need for more support staff to come in and help? I think there definitely is. I know Jenna was talking about organising volunteers specifically for this program, which would be a fantastic outcome. So I absolutely think there's a there's a huge gap and it'd be great to have more people working in this area and have the program extended or maybe moulded a bit more specifically to what's required, which will that'll be identified as we go through the program. Yeah, I think that they'll really think about whether we need to continue on, which I think we will. You mentioned as well uh, about your, you've got a background working in mental health and we spoke about raised levels of anxiety and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mental health across older people doesn't get spoken about as much as it does, especially for younger people. Is that an area you'd like to see more focus on? Absolutely, absolutely. Having those conversations, in my experience, based on my experience, is that lack of, and especially that older age group, it tends to be, oh, we'll just deal with it or it'll be right. Men don't even talk about it. Like, I think it would be great to have a focus on that and have those conversations about how you're feeling and um, what your experience in terms of your emotions. Yeah, that's something that tends to get, I don't want to say forgotten, but maybe people don't speak about it with older people as much as we probably should with younger people. People. people yeah, people in that 60, yeah. under 65 bracket. Yeah. Uh, and I it's just as, just as valid for people over 65, I think. I think it, I think it might even be more so because, you know, they're aging. So they're looking maybe towards the end of life. They've got chronic disease. They, they're not maybe as mobile as, as they could be. So it's a whole gamut of things. So, and if you've got that chronic disease, usually that's accompanied by depression. So I think it's more paramount probably in that age group. Yeah. I think it's something we, we probably should all be looking at a little bit more closely just and and maybe taking a bit, bit more notice of. Julie, if anyone's interested in taking part of an older Australian initiative or if they've perhaps got a family member who they think might benefit from being part of the older Australian initiative, what's the best way to get in touch and get some information? So if they just call Grampians Community Health and talk to an intake worker and that phone number is 5358 7400. Julie, before we, before we wrap it up for, for this, this uh, chat, is there anything that you really want to hammer home? Anything you'd like people to listen to just take home about this program or anything that you want to get across that we haven't touched on? I'd just like to say for me personally, I'm very, very passionate about making a difference in someone's life. Someone who's aged and if I can make a difference and this program can make a difference, then that's the best purpose you can have. Excellent. Well said. And it's great that, uh, you know, the older members of our society have got dedicated people like yourself there to, to provide that support and help. I think you do a fantastic job. Terrific. Thanks, Gareth. No worries. Thanks for your time, Julie. Thanks for having me.
Thank you again, Julie, for joining us on the Communities Our Middle Name podcast. The Older Australian Initiative is doing fantastic things for older people in our community, especially those who have been hit by COVID and have needed to isolate and haven't been able to contact family and friends, which has happened to a lot of us, but unfortunately has been exacerbated with older members of our society. Of course, the Communities Our Middle Name podcast is brought to you by Grampians Community Health. Go to our website, gch.org.au, to find out more about us and about the services that we provide right across Western Victoria. You can also find us on social media. Go to facebook.com slash Grampians Community Health or type Grampians Community Health into your search bar on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram as well, at GCH Grampians is our handle there on both of those sites. This podcast was recorded and produced on the traditional lands of the Jabwarung people, and we'd like to pay our respects to all elders past, present and emerging. You can also listen to this podcast and subscribe and like it on iHeartRadio, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, Podbean, uh, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere good podcasts are found. The intro and outro music is done by our very own Andrew Parsons, and it's an original composition for the podcast, and thank you again for doing that, Andrew. Uh, I think that's about it. If you want to get in touch with GCH, give us a call, 5358-7400. That's our phone number. We're available Monday to Friday. We have offices in Ararat, Stall, and Horsham that you can visit as well. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Uh, it was a really interesting discussion. I've taken quite a bit out of it. We'll be back again very shortly with another episode. So thank you again for listening to the Communities and Middle Name podcast, brought to you by Grampians Community Health, where we have the community in the heart of our name, except no pay limitations. We'll be back again very shortly with another episode. So thank you for joining us. Until then, so long. Mm-hmm.